Thanks for downloading the Alumni Voices podcast. I'm your host, Josh Van Campen, and part of our global series, we're going live into Hong Kong with Managing Director Robert Walters, Ricky Mui. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Can you just give the listeners a bit of insight into, into your role there at Robert Walters? Just to, to give everyone a bit of an understanding of my background, so I've actually been with the company Robert Walters now for 16 years, a long time, uh, in London as well as in Hong Kong. Um, I'm the managing director. Uh, the company is actually a global leading um, uh, recruitment uh, company which has headquarters in um, the UK. Uh, but we've got 60-plus offices globally now, uh, and we're one of the leading uh, recruitment firms. And we cover all type of uh, professional disciplines, ranging from your um, banking and finance sector, middle, front office, back office, through to your HR, IT, legal, compliance, sales and marketing, um, and also you know a junior level like business support. Um, and we do permanent as well as contract, so we cover all professional disciplines. Yeah, so that's sort of my background. Obviously, I, I am uh, from University of uh, Western Australia. I did a, a law psychology degree, and that's my background, and I started off as a, uh, a corporate lawyer before moving in-house and then moving to recruitment. Um, so I'm currently based in Hong Kong. Yeah, did you ever think you were going to move from law into recruitment? Absolutely not. <laughs> it uh, sort of came by way of co- coincidence, um, you know. And this is what I want to get get through to people. Um, you know, sometimes what you study and what you plan out to be in your life experience um, does not end up where you you will be. Um, so always keep an open mind. Um, I think uh, you know, moving abroad internationally is a great opportunity uh, because obviously you'll have different. Um, you know, different uh, opportunities internationally that you can fall into. And to start off with a law degree for me was definitely the foundation. And I think it was great to be qualified and have that sort of um, legal type of background, which put me in a, a good position. But ultimately, I moved into recruitment because um, at that time, I was taking a bit of a sabbatical from working as an in-house lawyer in the UK. And um, they were recruiting a lot of people from industry into recruitment because obviously we know the market, we know the uh, the technical terms as well as being able to have uh, great um, uh, networks as well. But uh, at the end of the day, what I do is um, obviously it's it's a it's more of a sales focus or client facing role using my uh, industry experience. So in our business, we have a lot of people from um, you know even from a legal background. We have uh, ex Goldman Sachs banker. We have people from big four accounting firms uh, and people from sales and uh, other type of backgrounds that have moved into recruitment. So it's, it's a great um, you know it's a great profession and it's very rewarding and satisfying as well because obviously it's not just us, we, we help um, people find uh, jobs which could change their careers and their personal lives as well. Now, if someone wants to work in Hong Kong, what do they need to know first? And you know, what are the career options for working in Hong Kong? Yeah, so, you know, we'll take one step back. If you, if you want to think about working in Hong Kong, first of all, you've got to be clear as to why you want to come to Hong Kong to work and, and really um, be committed to move. Because when you are coming over to Hong Kong, employers, future employers will really ask you reasons why you want to relocate. Um, so that's very, very important to do your research on the location, what it's like to live here. Uh, speak to friends that are living in the location. Uh, you know, find out more about you know, you know, the, you know the rental options, food, public transport, so you know what the culture is like here. It's very, very important. 
Um, so, and also keep an open mind because you know Hong Kong is very closely linked to surrounding areas like Shenzhen, and it's obviously um, within Hong Kong. There's the uh, the link with the Greater Bay Area, which is huge for technology. So, if you can can get a job in Hong Kong, great, or even surrounding areas, um, providing it's within the region to get a foot in the door here. And what are the so from a corruption standpoint, like you were talking about the innovation stuff. So is entrepreneurship something really is something that's growing there in Hong Kong? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, if you are coming over here, what you need to find out is uh, what industries are um, are hot at the moment, and what's the what's the general trend. Um, the way you do it is obviously speak to a recruitment uh, consultant uh, from a reputable agency like Robert Walters to discuss sort of your career options, and it depends on your skill sets and, and industry focus. Um, I would say don't be too narrow-minded on op- opportunities, as you may you may have transferable skits. Skills, sorry, uh, that are um, that are um, marketable, and I would strongly suggest you to explore all, all options uh, that sound attractive. Um, also, I would suggest looking at job boards. Like what we have, the equivalent of uh, Indeed, so it's like JobsDB here, SCMP, and other industry specialist job boards, so that you can get an idea of what type of roles are in the market. Um, do you want to sort of me to discuss what are sort of the jobs in in, in demand here and what sectors Abs- are uh, have greatest greatest potential? Absolutely. Well, we have different type of sectors. I won't go through all of them, um, but sure. at the moment, obviously, um, Hong Kong is a international financial hub. So, on the front office side, which is financial services, I mean, we've seen um, private wealth, private banking remains active, especially for experienced sort of relationship managers. Um, based in Hong Kong, but focusing on China and um, and Hong Kong and international. So a lot of these international private banks or family offices would hire people, and these are experienced relationship managers. And um, you know, in this type of market, especially in these roles, you will have to speak Mandarin or Cantonese for these type of roles because the market is targeted for sort of the Hong Kong China market. But saying that, other areas, for example, in front office, um, in hedge funds. Uh, analysts and investor relations professionals um, were, are hot in the market at the moment. And also in terms of middle and back office, one of the hottest sectors at the moment is virtual banking, um, which has been a, a, a huge area for growth. In Hong Kong, there's been eight virtual banking licenses that were issued uh, by the Hong Kong MA. And the, the roles usually start, we recruit from sort of the C-level suite, so more the senior levels. Um, and then we recruit the managerial and junior levels, which are, are across all areas of finance, legal, technology, risk and compliance, uh, operational, and then obviously HR roles. So this has been the backbone of financial services hiring over the last 12 months. Um, and virtual banks in particular um, a lot of uh, getting a, a lot of interest in the market. Um, financial services technology like fintech roles, um, hiring in uh, artificial intelligence, data analytics, data scientists, Machine learning roles within virtual banks or even the insurance sector um, are also um, very attractive and in high demand, and especially any of these sort of technology roles within the iBanks as well. Um, Other roles, uh, for example, business development roles and sales, um, digital marketing roles within financial services have also been key. And then you just your traditional roles like your your stock standard accounting, audit, finance, are still hiring in multinational corporations and even local Hong Kong listed companies. 
and then um, you know more niche areas like legal and compliance uh, are always in requirement um, in institutions, but they're usually limited a number of roles because the teams are not that big. So these are in general type of um, areas that um, are quite hot at the moment. Um, so hopefully that gives you a snapshot and uh, of the market. Now, I'm curious in regards to your role and when it comes to recruitment, is it, do you find it, it's better for you to recruit someone that's already living in country rather than trying to recruit someone globally? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, obviously, if they're in Hong Kong um, and living here or coming over here to interview, it's much easier because then you've got face-to-face, -face, um, you know, face-to-face -face meeting uh, and assessment. And sometimes they may request you to immediately, if you're good, meet with other team members and so forth. So it's quite reactive and it's quite fast-paced. If people like you here, they'll move the process. So ideally, it is better. But but given now the fact that you know if clients can't find the talent in Hong Kong, um, especially on the technology side or maybe even at a more senior level, then they'll look at candidates usually coming from abroad, you know, Australia, tends to be a great destination, um, you know, UK, Singapore, or even the US, depending on where you, you come from, what skill sets you have, especially in a niche market like technology, or if you've got niche type of skill sets, then they'll look for candidates coming from abroad. And you, now that nowadays, you can easily do an interview through Skype or, or any other type of um, video conference means, so it's not the end all. And also, if some of the international companies, they may have offices in your um, in your um, in your city, so they'll probably get you to meet with people that are located in your city, or, or do the video conference from their offices. So um, yeah, so that's usually what happens. Sometimes what will happen is they might do the first or second round by video conference, and then if it's a if it's a more senior type of role, then they'll uh, potentially fly you over to Hong Kong to meet you face to face once they've um, identified that you're you know a, um, a definitely a, a candidate of interest, uh, and we have seen that happen. Um, so that is sort of um, some of the uh, the ways that they interview as well, the interview process. What about some of the employees you work with? They're like, what do they expect from foreign employees or even interns? Because I know there's some students that are, you know, considering learning Mandarin, considering how close you are to Shenzhen, but they're also not sure of I guess, yep. the lingu their language skills. So what, what are employees' expectations when it comes to that? Yeah, once again, it dep depends on your industry and depends on what type of roles. I think for interns, there'll be much more flexibility because it's really you know, going there to experience what it's like to work for the company and it's, it's great promotional. But, you know, in terms of actively hiring, it depends on the, uh, the company. Now, uh, you know, it, once again, if, I, if it's something more technical like uh, legal compliance or, or um, you know, or even technology, then, um, you know, technical skill sets are very, very important. Um, so that is, is, you know, sort of the first criteria. And then the second criteria is, you know, obviously, you know, a cultural fit and making sure that, you know, you can fit within the environment and also your, your, your short to long-term plans because obviously if they're hiring you, they want to invest time, money and effort into developing you as well. So they want to make sure that you're committed to, to coming over and living in the, in the region for, for some time. Uh, in terms of just languages, yes, some industries definitely will require you know, languages like Mandarin. It's really Mandarin these days that people talk about. Um, and it really depends on your client base. So for example, if your portfolio and your your clients are 
uh, more Chinese based, then there'll probably be a requirement to speak Mandarin. But if you're working for a, a you know big bank or financial institution where you're not exposed so much to the client facing and you're doing more the technical, then not so much. Or for example, if you're in some other uh, industries like hospitality or sales, then as long as you can speak business level or conversational fluency for for Mandarin, it's fine. You don't have to actually um, you know be able to draft or, or or reviews such as if you're in finance or legal. Um, so it just, once again, depends on the industries and depends on obviously what level you are. Sometimes the more senior you are, you might have a team underneath you. So once again, they will be looking for you know your experience, your 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 experience um, from more of an executive level. Um, but usually, as I said, internships they might be a bit more flexible because once again, you're coming over here to experience what it's like to work over here. Now, I'm curious about this for, you know, maybe it's a recent graduate or someone that's, you know, lived in Perth the whole life and then moved to Hong Kong for the first job. Uh, what are the big, biggest adjustments they need to make after living in Perth? And, you know, are, are there big selling points for a diverse employee, you know, that's lived in Perth to coming to Hong Kong? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Hong Kong is a very fast paced and uh, quite an intense city at times. So you've got to be able to adjust um, the way that you work and prioritize. I mean, Perth is very relaxing, it's great and it's, it's a fantastic city, but here it's about speed and accuracy of deliverables. Um, and, uh, you know, people are often, there's expectations uh, of time frames and how you prioritise. So I think that you really need to adjust to the way that people or Hong Kong people work. Uh, second of all, culture and uh, and and people. You you need to adapt to the environment as some companies <clears throat> may have more of a Western culture and other companies have more of a local culture. So you'll need, sometimes need to know the, the local sort of nuances. For example, you know, in, in Hong Kong or in, in Asia, you know, when you hand over a business card, you present it double hand as a matter of polite gesture and respect to clients. Um, so these little small things, you just need to understand how, how um, Hong Kong people operate. Um, also living standards. Uh, Hong Kong is one of the most populated cities in the world with the tall, tallest high rises. So it's important that you understand that here, is very different to living space in Australia. Uh, you know, um, people tend to have uh, places that they can go to, to 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 live at home, but majority of the time they're out and about, you know, with friends, networking, doing activities, and so forth. So, um, you know, you just got to be comparable um, uh, to understand that. You know, obviously the space is is less in Hong Kong. However, saying that, if you live further away from the main city and you live, uh, you know, on the Kowloon side or maybe on uh, Lama Island. And Lantau Island, or whatever the case may be, then there's opportunities to live by the beach, for example, and you'll get more open space. So obviously it's a bit further away, but Hong Kong's a very um, a city that's uh, easily accessible. Um, I guess what are the biggest selling points? Um, travel. Hong Kong is one of the easiest cities to travel to and from from Asia. Um, you know, it's, it's basically and the 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 travelling. Uh, the the international airport is very easy easily accessible uh, in and out. Um, local transport is amazing and efficient and low cost. Uh, and also there's different um, modes of transport: MTR, which is our subway, buses, mini buses, trams, and the taxis are far cheaper than Australia for sure. Um, <laughs> other highlights uh, other highlights are food and nightlife. 
Uh, I'd say Hong Kong's got an amazing variety of food to sample. Nightlife is amazing, and it's a city that never sleeps. You know, uh, lots of sightseeing activities. There's so many things that you can do in Hong Kong. Um, you know, if you obviously if you're into shopping, plenty of places to shop. Um, uh, you can go to the peak. You can watch amazing harbour lights. Um, plenty of hiking trails. People are very into their fitness in in Hong Kong. Uh, there's uh, the big Buddha statue temples. You can go on a junk cruise, which is very famous. You know, you go on a cruise and do water sports. Um, you know, uh, uh, and also visit the local beaches. There's other activities like going to see Ocean Park and Disneyland. Or if you want to pop over to Macau for the weekend, which is only one hour away, it's like it's dubbed like the uh, Hong Kong Las Vegas. So there's lots of things to do. <laughs> um, other things, other things I would um, say the. Uh, friendly place. A lot of the locals are very friendly. It's very east meets west. Um, so you you meet a lot of new friends in Hong Kong, even if you are from abroad. Um, uh, the tax is, um, you know, very low. Uh, that's one of the main attractions why people want to come over here compared to paying high taxes. High taxes in Australia. Uh, and also opportunities as well. You know, once you're in Hong Kong, Hong Kong's a financial hub and it's a gateway to China, so there's plenty of opportunities, but you have to get out here and network and, and, and be opportunistic here. Now, yeah, we're going to touch on the networking side of stuff because you've worked in Perth, London and Hong Kong. What are the best ways to get settled yeah. and create networks and friends in the new city? Yeah, well, I would say you, you just got to be open-minded when you meet people in Hong Kong. I mean, it's one of the friendliest places here. Um, find out which friends that you, you know who live in the city or get introduced to people through mutual friends. That's the first point of call because if you've got people here on the ground, then the, in, initially that'll give you a, a, a network that you can tap into straight away. But I would say join various professional networking associations. We've got the Chamber of Commerce, OzCham, which I was heavily involved in. I was the president of the Young Execs Committee and I was on the board committee for some of the other um, other uh, committees before. That's a great way of Australians networking in, in Hong Kong. Alumni, I mean, I've organized uh, numerous um, university alumni uh, events here. Um, and what you'll find is that a lot of the people that are alumni here have gone through and become um, quite senior people in, in businesses um, or, or organizations. And that's a great way for you to tap into. And they'll always be able to provide you with advice or give you time or take you out for a coffee. Because, you know, obviously at the end of the day, you know, I and the alumni had a great experience at UWA. And, you know, the thing that we want to do is give back to the university and give back time and also be able to be a mentor and uh, provide advice to people coming over here. Um, other things like sporting associations. If you're, you know, obviously, if you come from Australia, you're probably very um, um, sporty as well. So join Hong Kong football club, yachting clubs. We've got dragon boat racing here, swimming clubs, hiking clubs, rotary clubs for more professional, and also do volunteer work with charities because that's also a way to meet um, other people as well. Um, the other things I would join any social media or online chat groups. So for Hong Kong, there's actually. Groups like Australians in Hong Kong, Hong Kong Expats, Expats Asia, and this is a great opportunity to be involved in a chat group which will share information and online support for any careers of the city, rentals or even buy and sell stuff as well. Uh, and we use WhatsApp and WeChat um, for Hong Kong China uh, to communicate, so I definitely obviously use the, those means if you are trying to uh, fit within the region as well. And how important is networking online for you? I mean, you're on quite uh, heavily 
on LinkedIn quite a lot, uh, always sharing articles, but no doubt from a recruitment standpoint, yep. you're definitely looking to see, I guess, the next best employee. Yes. So it's very important. I mean, there's, there's professional branding and there's social branding. So I would say for professional branding, definitely LinkedIn is the go-to. Um, and if you are, you know, these days employees are very uh, savvy. You know, they'll look at uh, your LinkedIn profile apart from your CV. Sometimes even, you know, they might look at your social to see what you like outside of work. I mean, we've had clients that are wanting to know if this person is 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 professional, but also, you know, what are they like, you know, personally as well. So, you know, just be aware of that. Um, um, but with the LinkedIn profile, what I would definitely say is um, please update your profile. Make sure you've got really good, um, uh, you know, profile on LinkedIn, which has your details of your employment and also subsequently any uh, duties or responsibilities that you've been involved in, almost a little bit like a CV, but you know, obviously put in the key key points because obviously LinkedIn is, you won't be able to put as much information. Make sure on your LinkedIn profile you put in as much achievements as possible, you know, recommendations, um, and also on top of that, you know, if there's any articles that you've published or anything that you've been involved in, put it in there because it all helps. Because once again, you know, people do look and check out um, LinkedIn profiles uh, when um, they do employ people uh, as well as looking at their CVs. Um, on uh, for myself, you know, if you look at mine, I, you know, I've got a lot of details because I work in recruitment, so we're doing a lot of thought leadership. I do a lot of events, you know, I, I do work related, but also for the alumni and for associations. So I'll put all that in there, um, and it just group, builds a great um, market presence, uh, which is what you want um, if you want to be known as a professional in your area, and if you want to stand out from your. I guess your 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 other applicants or other people in your area as well. Um, social branding is, is you know to an extent important as well. So if you, people you know have Facebook, Instagram, just be careful what you put on there because uh, you know once it's up there, then uh, everyone's you know looking at it. So just uh, sometimes be be a bit more careful. Uh, but once again, social branding is also a good way to to promote yourself. And I have seen people advertise jobs. Um, on these social brandings or look for potential candidates, especially if it's not too professional, if it's sort of like more hospitality or retail, you, then you might find people not only advertise on, on LinkedIn, but also they advertise um, on, on social branding as well, which is Facebook and Instagram. To back that up, it's face-to-face, -face, so get out there and network as well, which is very, very important because then you know people know who you are because uh, in Hong Kong, it's one degree of separation and your access to people, you'll be surprised you know, because you know, you know, sometimes big name corporate CEOs could be in the same association that you are, whether it be sport, whether it be um, charities, whether it be professional. So you never know who you'll meet in Hong Kong. So last question. So if people want to be approaching you on LinkedIn or approach Robert Walters, if it's the, you know, in, in Tupol, they're looking for advice and moving to Hong Kong or looking for advice to get a job, what's the best way to approach you and Robert Walters through, I guess, the online channels that you provide? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, once again, do your before approaching myself, do your own due diligence first. Um, obviously, it depends on what your background is and, and whether, you know, I, I mean, from a personal level, I can give you advice if you're an alumni, not a problem whatsoever. But from a professional level, it depends on what level and what type of experience that you have. So best 
best bet is a to have a look at our job boards and what type of areas that we recruit in to see if it's you know, relevant through to your area because for example if you do teaching um, we can't help you but if you are someone that's an accountant or maybe someone that's uh, you know, um, got experience in uh, a niche market like uh, legal compliance, and obviously there are areas that we can uh, provide assistance or discuss with you as well. Um, so once again, have a look at to see if you, the the areas that you uh, have got experience in is relevant through to us. Second of all, is make sure that you've got an updated CV or resume that you can send through to us, um, and make sure that it has enough information um, about your uh, recent experience and any other relevant an experience obviously we don't need a CV that has too too many um, jobs on it unless they're related through to your current experience but maybe tailor your CV to to make sure that it's got enough information about your your the company's skill sets and responsibilities and also any uh, um, achievements that you've, uh, you've 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 made over the last couple of years and send it through to us um, and then also on top of that, as I said, make sure that you've got a, uh, from a professional level, you've got a good LinkedIn profile because sometimes employers um, uh, will also look at that as well. Um, and then once you've got that information through to us, send us your CV, then what we usually do is we'll review it. If it's suitable, then we'll ask a relevant consultant to get in contact with you uh, to discuss the market. Or alternatively, if your background isn't suitable for what we're looking for, we can then refer you through to maybe some other um, different options or other type of agencies that may be able to assist through to you. Um, but be open-minded, um, be able to take, to take constructive criticism on your CV as well because at the end of the day, we, if we are assisting you, we will tailor your CV to give you the best possible chance to, to, to help you find a job here. Um, usually, if we find your CV is, is, is um, uh, uh, relevant for our areas, we'll conduct a little bit more in-depth telephone interview or alternatively, if you are coming over to here, to Hong Kong, we'll meet you face-to-face as well and then also discuss with you the market and also what opportunities that we, ha we have. The other thing is also look on our website just to see if there's any roles that may be of interest through to you and therefore you can either apply directly or at least quote the, uh, the reference number on the job so that we can then discuss uh, the market with you as well. Beautiful. Now that's some really, really great advice. Ricky, that's all the time we've got. Thank you so much. And hopefully, uh, if people, once again, if people are moving to Hong Kong, let us know or we'll let Ricky know and we'll be able to help connect you with the alumni community there. But uh, that's all the time we've got, Ricky. Really appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing everyone in Hong Kong at some stage. Take care. Bye-bye.